Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. I'm here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio. We're going to talk today about the importance of defensive positioning and some things that we need to be thinking about. But before we get into that, let's talk about the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support everything fast pitch at the same time. And I always talk about the EFP20 discount. Make sure you take advantage of that, whether you're ordering bats, gloves, bags, whatever they have on the website. Any order you place, you place that EFP20 discount in there, and you're going to save 20% and help support the podcast at the same time. Also, let's talk about patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. If you're in a position where you can help us, if you can become a patron coach, Don and I really do need the help. Uh, 2022 was a great year. We got really close to breaking even, but we're not quite there yet. Had a Really fun thing last week, Val Alston was a, a guest on the Everything Fast Pitch podcast. We were able to send a copy of her book to all of our patrons and uh, a little bit of a thank you for their support and their helping uh, with the, the podcast. We really do appreciate the patrons that have supported us for as long as they have. It's an amazing thing, but we need more of you to come on board. So go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch if you want to see the podcast to be able to continue and to keep going forever. We want to make sure that Everything Fast Pitch and Coach Prep stay alive. So this week, we want to talk about defensive positioning. So here's one of the things Stan and I were talking about, kind of puts into perspective how valuable and important and the role that positioning your defensive players make. Obviously, that in Major League Baseball, we've seen the move over the last few years, these really crazy shifts where you'll have six players on one side of second base. And, you know, basically, if somebody could poke the ball to the other side of the field, they could run around the bases twice because there's nobody over there to pick it up. The reason that the shift became so prevalent in the major leagues is because they figured out that if you put more players where a player is likely to hit the ball, your chances of getting them out go up drastically. Now, it's gotten to the point in the major leagues that they're you know, getting rid of the shift and making rules that are going to limit how much players can move, but we're still going to see them moving around a lot. Now, obviously, they've got full-time coaches that spend their whole time you know, charting and, and mapping and positioning players. So they've got a, a big leg up on what any of us are going to be doing in, in our fast pitch games. But the reality of it is that there's still some things that we can take away from what we're seeing and what they're doing that would make a really big difference and help us play much better defense. So I think it starts off with us helping our players understand that when we say go play a position, whether it's center field or second base or catcher, that That doesn't mean that there's only one place on the field that their feet are supposed to start for every single play. The reason we want to talk about it is to make sure that they understand that that it's up to them to start to gain a little bit of awareness and start to have a little bit of a better idea of what's going on so they can do some things to put themselves in a much better position. If I'm playing center field and I'm playing on a day with a team that maybe has a bunch of hitters that are a little bit late or a little bit slow to contact, Maybe my pitcher is throwing absolute gas that day and she's just painting the corners and really overpowering the hitters. If 
I'm playing in the exact same position that day as I would play on some other day when our third string pitcher is pitching and she's lollipopping the ball up over the plate. I'm clearly making a mistake from a defensive positioning perspective. And so when we think about it, we have to help all of our players understand that what our team is doing has some impact on how I should be positioning myself. What our team strategy is should have something to do with how I'm positioning myself. And then honestly, something as simple as just what's going on that day, whether it's the wind or the sun or the dampness on the field or whatever it is, that a lot of factors start to weigh into what's the best place for me to position myself to have the best chance to make a play on defense. And so for our center fielders, that might mean that they're starting anywhere from you know, way over in left center field to way over in right center field. And it could vary whether it's a right-handed hitter or a left-handed hitter. It might mean my back's almost on the fence and the entire field is in front of me. It might mean that I'm almost on the dirt and the whole field is almost behind me. And again, the situation could change from hitter to hitter and situation to situation, but we want to start to train our players to have some understanding of how these things should happen so that they're prepared for whatever's going to happen. The other part about it is we as coaches have to, again, be aware of what's going on so we can do some things, you know, make some adjustments, you know, share some information with our players in the, in the heat of the battle to help them understand some adjustments that they can make. You know, we talk about all the time, you know, that, you know, coaches are great about saying make an adjustment, but we're not always so great about telling the player exactly what that adjustment should look like. So when we talk about defensive adjustments, you know, we need to be working in practice and then working on game day with our center fielder saying, well, okay, our pitcher's throwing gas today. She's overpowering these hitters. That means you can move here for a right-handed hitter. You can move here for a left-handed hitter. And because one of the things that we see all the time, which is so frustrating from a coach's perspective, we're playing in a game and we'll watch our outfielders play really, really deep and watch six or eight or 10 or 12 or 15 balls drop in front of them that all are potentially catchable, maybe all should be out, and we don't catch any of them because we're so worried about that one ball getting hit over our head that we never make an adjustment. Now, some of that can be team strategy. Before I say it's all on the players, we got to make sure that we understand it. If I'm the coach that tells their outfielders over and over and over again, you need to play deep. That ball never gets hit over your head. I don't care what else happens. You never get burned. Well, then the 10 or 12 balls that drops in in front, that's on you as much as it is on the players. Now, I would like to think that your players would be aware enough that after the first couple drop in, they sneak in at least a little bit. But so some of that is team strategy. Another strategic thing you know, that uh, we've talked about in the past, but I want to make sure that we think about it again. You know, we talked in this week's Everything Fast Pitch about how the infield versus the outfield and the differences in the size of the areas that the defense has to cover with the number of people they have to cover it. So in the outfield, we know we've only got three outfielders covering a very large area versus the infield. We have five players defending a much smaller area. Well, so if we should be developing what our team strategy is, and some of it should be based on the number. If we've only got three outfielders covering this huge area, where do the mass majority of balls land? Do they land on the foul line or do they land in the middle of the field someplace? When I say the middle of the field, I'm talking from where the right fielder and left fielder would normally stand from there towards the center of the field versus from where those two players stand to the foul line. And I see this all the time too. And again, some of this is coach strategy, some of it's player fear, some of it's lack of understanding. But how many times do we watch that same team 
have five or six or seven balls fall in the gap because the corner outfielders are so close to the line that the gap between the left fielder and the center fielder or the center fielder and the right fielder is so gigantic that you could have the world's greatest sprinter. You could have Usain Bolt out there and that person still isn't fast enough to cover that ground. And so the strategy is part of it, but making sure that we're playing to the the way the numbers tell us the game is really going to be played. And so obviously, you know, the the center-ish part of the field is going to have a lot more balls than the foul lines are. But again, we might have a day when our pitcher's not throwing very hard and my left fielder might need to cheat towards left field the line a little bit. Well, that same day, then my center fielder probably should be cheating towards left center and my right fielder should probably be cheating towards right center. So we want to make sure that how we're talking about our strategy to our players does not set us up for this becoming a whole lot more complicated and, and confusing for them. There's a lot of those different things. When we talk about positioning in the infield, I love talking about second base because second base to me is the most complicated position on the field. If there's a runner at first and a player is likely to bunt, that means I need to be thinking and positioning myself in one place. If there's a runner at first and there's a different hitter at the plate and I'm thinking that she's much more likely to hit away, then I might be positioning myself a little bit different thinking a double play versus a bunt. If it's a really fast runner and a left-handed hitter, again, it might change my positioning because now I might be taking the throw at second if she steals. And then also understanding that once the play starts to develop, different variables and possibilities that could present themselves are things that I'm already thinking my way through. But where I start on the field can have an awful lot to do with the success that I'm going to have. And we talk about with our infielders all the time what we call positive distance. And positive distance to me is a, is a concept that probably worth its own whole podcast. But basically, it's understanding how far away from a base you can be, how far away from a play you can comfortably be and still feel like you can get there to make the play. So let's say a shortstop covering second base on a steal. Positive distance is the further away a shortstop can get from second base and still feel like she can cover second but still have more range and more you know, area to cover on the field is positive distance. Negative distance for a shortstop in that situation would be how much more she has to cheat to second base to make sure she can get to second to cover the steal if the runner at first does steal. You know, For the second baseman, positive distance is how much further away she can get from first base potentially. You know, Let's say she might have to cover first for a bunt, but she doesn't know, so where, how far can she be away from first to still be in a position to field a ball that would be hit to her and still get to first base to cover the bunt in time to make that play. And so positive and negative distance is a little bit higher level, but for us as coaches, I think we want to be thinking about it and helping our players understand it because once they start to see how much they can accomplish, how much ground they can cover, how much area they can defend by positioning themselves better and understanding where they're supposed to be, I think is a really good thing. One other position I want us to make sure we talked about, and this is the one that I think falls into this trap more than almost any place else, is catcher. Now, before catchers and catcher and coaches and dads get mad at me, yes, I understand a lot of the fields we play at, the catcher really feels like she's kind of stuck because there's two holes dug behind home plate where it's really the only comfortable place for her to set up because every single catcher thinks that every single pitch, that every single pitcher against every single hitter They need to set up in the exact same spot so the holes get dug. And unfortunately, the holes aren't always necessarily dug where that catcher really needs to be set up. And so, you know, one of the things that from a hitter's perspective, we talk to hitters all the time that that the batter's box is seven feet long for a reason. It's three feet deep for a reason. We want you to be able to 
adjust your positioning and move around in the box as a hitter to present yourself with the best opportunity to be successful in that at bat. Well, for the catcher, that means if the hitter's moving, I should be moving too. If the hitter moves up in the batter's box, I should move closer to home plate. If the hitter moves back in the box, I should probably move back a little bit. Again, positioning myself from the catching position is one of those things I think is a lost art. If you can't almost touch the hitter from where you're set up to catch the ball, you're too far away. And so we, we've talked about that a lot in the past. I think Coach Don and I might do a, a whole podcast just about catching and catching positioning, piggyback on this one. The moral to the story is that every player on defense should be moving and, and adjusting and doing something a little bit different. Kind of a little sidebar note. One of the things that people have asked us about in the past is how do you know when you're going to play a team, if it's a team that you don't have much information about, how you can scout them or, how, or things that you can use? Well, one of the things that, that this discussion lends itself to is that really good teams, really good defensive players are moving around a lot. But when you go to another team's field, if you go to play somebody on their home field, guess what you're going to almost always find in the outfield are three spots where the grass is dead. And those three spots where the grass is dead can pretty much tell your outfielders where they could start off playing on defense because that's where the other team's outfielders stand every day when that team's hitters are hitting. And again, the idea of positioning to start yourself in those situations as a college coach, we would use that as kind of like a thumbnail spot. Say, okay, here's a pretty good place to start. But then again, depending upon how hard our pitcher was throwing, which one of our pitchers was pitching, what pitch was working best that day, what the hitters were doing, how the wind was blowing, if the field was wet or not, all those different things are going to factor into it. And so we want to start to talk about this idea of if positioning was not so critical, would major leaguers have to create a new rule to allow hitters to have more chances to hit? Would they have to get rid of the shift if the shift wasn't working? Well, I don't necessarily mean that we need to be quite that drastic, but there might be certain situations when something really drastic is what's called for. It's up to each coach to you know, look at their team, look at the level of your players, but make sure that we're all doing a better job of helping our players understand that when we talk about you play center field, that doesn't mean you stand in the exact same spot all the time or second base or catcher or whatever position it is. To start to train them to think about all these different factors, obviously you, know, you should hopefully be helping them throughout the course of the game and seeing some things where you can point them in the right direction. but. Even if you're wrapped up in things, something else going on, you know, something's got you totally distracted, you know, you're trying to help a hitter, and while that hitter's you know, talking to you in the dugout, you know, the, the defense has got to position themselves, that they know enough to make some of those adjustments for themselves. And again, all those factors that we've talked about are crucial. If our players start to know what they are and understand what it means, they're going to be a lot more comfortable, have a lot more fun, and our teams are going to be a whole lot more successful. So, Positioning on defense, it's really, really important, but it's something that's a skill. It's like everything else that we talk about. Coaches, we've got to do a really good job of helping our players understand it, coaching them up on it, helping them with it, and then also you know, making sure that they understand that, you know, that it's going to change from day to day. And so that one day position X might be the perfect spot to start against a hitter. You might play the exact same team the next day, and that position is totally out of whack now because Different pitcher, different day, different pitches working, and all those different factors that could impact what's going to happen on the field. So hopefully that gives you something to think about and something to work on when you're practicing with your team this week. Make sure we support our sponsor, the Anderson Bat Company. 
If you can, please become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. As always, we want your feedback. We want your suggestions. We want your nominations for Player of the Week. So make sure you send those to everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. Coach Don and I want to make sure that we're talking about stuff that you're interested in. If you can share those thoughts with us, we would certainly appreciate it, and we'll make sure that we're talking about stuff that you're interested in. So for Coach Don McKinley, our producer Stan Lewis, this is Coach Torrey saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.